0: Welcome to Fort and Goal. Hope you poured yourself a good one. I'm your host, Dick. Fuck no, I'm not. (laughs) Welcome to Fort and Goal. We've got episode 14. It's a hell of a night in sports. It's a beautiful thing. There was a college basketball game, a pro basketball game, and a college football bowl game. And we've got a trailer to Coming to America 2 2020, the light at the end of the tunnel 2021. Already looking better. Grab a glass, put the game on mute, and take a listen.
1: Let's do this.
0: Welcome, to Dram and Goal. I hope you poured yourself a good one. I'm your host, Kurt.
1: And I'm your host, Dick.
0: We're going to dive into many topics. There, Like I said in the intro, there's so many great things, but there was just too much on the gridiron to really squeeze anything else this episode in, but we're going to get into it. We're going to talk college football, of course, first, and we're going to talk some
1: pro football. Dick. We're going to be squeezing some juice out of raisins tonight. All right, so a couple things before we get started, drammers. Um, once again, don't forget to follow us on the socials. We got the Insta, 4th Dram, 4-T-H-D-R-A-M, and our Facebook at 4th Dram and Goal. And I'll go ahead and kick it over to you first, Kurt. I know you had a great opportunity to go whiskey hunting today, so I'm curious, what's in your glass tonight? I'm supporting the average man. Remember, one of our goals was to...
0: Give it to the beginners. So I'm going to drink a whiskey that I have blind tasted before. But, you know, when you blind taste six, there's going to be some air. I'm going to go kick it with some Evan Williams, Kentucky bourbon, just to give the beginner a shot, give him a chance to broaden his horizon, start with the little guys and work themselves,
1: work their way up.
0: Uh, So, yeah, that's what I've got tonight. So you mean Everybody.
1: like a Evan Williams White Label Bottles and Bond, right? I mean, something decent. No, I will be getting into that later. Plain old black label there, buddy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So you're... you're... Six proof. <laughs> you're going back to the high school days. Gotcha. Yep. All right. So I'm actually on the other end of the spectrum. I've got, which I'm super excited to say I was able to get my hands on today, I did offer Kurt a bottle, but he turned me down. Let's just put that for the record. I was able to get my hands on the Jack Daniels single barrel, barrel-proof rye. We talked about this a little bit in episode 13, which at this point hasn't gone up, but we will talk about it. And I was talking about, man, I wish I could get my hands on that. I was able to do it, man. I was able to do oh, it. Yeah. And I'm happy. I am happy as A lark. A lark. You're going to have to explain happy as a lark. What's a lark?
0: It's a saying it is. Yeah. Hmm. There's the first time for everything. All right. So you got any uh, more background on that bottle? You're going to give some proof. All I can say about Evan Williams is that it's 86 proof. It's under $20. Uh, it's a beginner bourbon. No offense mixing it with anything. That's 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 Evan Williams in a nutshell. All
1: right. So, just a little background on the Jack Daniels single barrel, barrel proof rye. Yeah. We're t- coming in. I've got to say, this one's 133.1. And I think what's really cool about these, because these are they're called special release, not special reserve, that each bottle is based on because they're single barrel. Each bottle is actually proofed out differently. They're not watering these down at all. It's coming out straight out the barrel, and that is what's going to go into that batch. So this one right here is actually uh, BPR-01582. So if you have that same one or its brother, 581 or 583, I'm curious to know what your your tasting notes and your proof is on that. I did want to circle back as far as happy as a lark because you made me do a quick Google. Um, the term happy as a lark is from the lark, which is a songbird, which is known to have a very happy and upbeat um, song. So there you go. Awesome. Quick history lesson for you.
0: Great, thank you for wasting my life.
1: Okay, and we'll dick that dick that one I, up for you.
0: Yes, you did dick it up. I've got to get into this. I've been holding this in. I'm so excited. I'm pumped to finally be in front of the mic to talk about this. I've got to set this up for the listeners. So I'm driving on the road for work, and my phone starts blowing up. If I if I pretend like I knew that they were releasing the college football playoff rankings at 11 a.m. on Sunday, I'd be lying to you. I did not. My phone's blowing up, and the first text I see is poor AM. And I almost automatically pull over to the side of the road. I'm like, What the F? I went to bed thinking this was an easy, you know, top four pick, and it involved AM. I'm calling Dick. I'm like, Dude, I want an emergency podcast right now from the car. Let's do this. Dick kind of calms me down a little bit more, you know, says safe driving is a little bit more important. But, dude, Dick gave me the whole, like, well, I knew this was going to happen. It seemed a lot more mellow than me, but what happened?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think the, really the question is what didn't happen. We had two options. Neither of those options panned out. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of a, a quick plug to SEC, Sh- SEC Shorts, the YouTube channel. Um, I think they summarized the entire thing well. We had two shots, and those shots, basically, we needed – OSU to lose to Northwestern, which we made a bet on, and you earned yourself a 750 of that Jack Daniels oh, yeah. single barrel. Um, and or And or we needed Notre Dame to win against Clemson and make Clemson a two-loss team and a non-ACC champion. Neither of those things panned out.
0: Okay, just to recap because I'm sure everyone knows by now, it was Bama 1, Clemson 2, Ohio State 3, and Notre Dame 4. But Here's the crazy part that after I talked to you and I couldn't tell if you were just in shock and denial or if you were actually like, you know, being realistic, I, I, I still, I'll let you, you know, I'll go with the latter since you proved your point. I was more in shock that Notre Dame was in because I had it very simple in my head. If Notre Dame gets their ass kicked by 21 or more, they're out of the top four. Easy. That's it. But the news and for pretty much everyone's perspective including yours was they were more shocked that Ohio State got in i kind of felt that that was a given if they won that was that was a win in your in not a loss in your in like notre dame
1: yeah but i mean i don't necessarily think that the ohio state being in was a surprise my argument has been that ohio state and the big 10 in general has not put together the Um, schedule or strength of schedule to even say that their Big Ten champion should be in. I just don't think that they have the resume or the record or the prowess to sit there and say, we deserve to play at the big boys. We've said, I mean, we we went through our rack and stack ladder of irrelevance and who was right in the middle of the road? Big Ten. So which one pissed you off more? I wasn't really pissed about the Notre Dame thing because I figure – that they beat Clemson once, so they showed they can win. You know how I feel about Notre Dame. I don't have to get on that you know dog and pony show again. But I think what really irritated me was really just the OSU stance. I don't think they played well against Northwestern. If you watch that game, it took their running back having a career day of 331 plus yards, I think, to yeah. get them across the goal line. But other than that, you can't tell me that their team played well. You cannot tell me their defense played well against a Northwestern team, which was decent. But they're not. They're not going. They're not going to stand up well against anybody. I'm sorry. You put them against Clemson. I mean, T Law is going to run over them. And ETN, okay. oh, oh hold on, T Law is going to pass over them, and ETN is going to run through them. Okay, your your cool
0: nicknames I've never heard of. Aside, can I go on my my rant here? I mean, I would expect no less. Okay, so here's the thing. History goes against us, and this is this is not going to be easy for me to say. You know my lifelong affection with Notre Dame. You mm-hmm. know my, you know, not really a rivalry because we're always mm-hmm. the other guy in Texas, Texas A&M, you know. But you're supposed to be hurt if you get your ass kicked at the end of the year. And sure. kind of be rewarded if you get your ass kicked at the beginning of the year. It always has worked like that. AM ass kicked at the beginning of the year. Notre Dame ass kicked the night before the rankings go out. It was like there was no point in playing that game if they already had it in their mind that Notre Dame was just going to be four.
1: Yep, I completely agree with you.
0: No point in that. I actually think that a matches up better against Alabama because you're getting to play them again. You're getting to fix those things. What went wrong at the beginning of the year when you got your ass kicked. I don't think Notre Dame can turn around and play a better game against a better team. You know, they beat Clemson the first time a Trevor Lawrence Clemson that took a double overtime. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't see it. And like I said, love Notre Dame, but I was more shocked that they got in than Ohio State. Texas A&M did what they had to do. They won the the, the six straight games in the SEC. Granted, the only real piece of glitter in that whole streak was the win against Auburn. Ohio State beats a top 20 at the end of the day. Even though it was only their sixth win, it was a championship game, it was a top 20. I, I, I was more Shocked
1: that Notre Dame got in than Ohio State. I think there's a couple of factors here, which I think you nailed, but I want to kind of drive home, is strength of schedule within the SEC is a lot bigger than it is in the Big Ten. Right? We know that. Right. You can't tell me that a Florida win is worse than a Northwestern win. Right? You can't tell me that a LSU win is better or is not better than an Indiana win. You can't. I don't care if it's LSU down here or not. They beat Florida. I mean, they're still LSU. Uh, Also, a great point.
0: If you're just doing simple eye tests, A&M beats Florida. Mm -hmm.
1: Florida just gave Alabama a hell of a game. They did. I mean, I don't know. Some people, some some teams play each other better than they play other teams, right? Some coaches match up well against their peer coaches because they know each other. They know they can game plan better. I, I think well, the factor that we're not taking into consideration is, is just pure media subjectivity. You're looking at this from an objective standpoint, which in my mind, I, I completely agree with you, 100% there. I don't think, I, I think as history writes itself, A&M will be one of those odd cases where, to your point, you lost the beginning of the year. This team that was up against you lost at the end of the year. Two things here. Their mind was already made up before Saturday night, that's right? Crazy. That's how it looked. And number two is the pure subjectivity of Cinderella's the media. And I'm not trying to sound like a politician here, but the media does have Cinderella stories. They have teams that they consistently want to see in playoff games, key bowl games, New York, six games. And not one of those for reasons that we've done to ourselves over history. Right. But Texas LSU, Alabama, Florida, OSU, Notre Dame, um, Nebraska. Sometimes there are these teams that historically have been good and written the script for themselves that their prowess has carried through a generation of influenced media personalities and just college football committee members. I I don't know that there's a way to get around that other than beating key games, us, right? Us matching up against UNC and winning the Orange Bowl is not going to do it. We need to beat Alabama during the regular season on a consistent enough basis like LSU does that if we are the one-loss team, the second place in the SEC West, we're going to be favored in the media's eyes.
0: Well, that's a good way to look at it, I guess. I, I, I just feel like I thought you, I thought you would take this a lot more, you know, Thought you were gonna be a little bit more upset. You're taking a realistic view. Good to hear. I want to get into some of the takes because, like I said, I'm on the road for work. I'm driving. I got a long drive, so I instantly put on ESPN radio after we get off the phone, and I'm I'm hearing throughout, you know, six hours on the road. <laughs> several people's takes. I'm gonna th- talk about a couple that I heard and see what sure. your take take is on them. Jim Moore Jr. Heard him a couple times. Pro coach, college coach at UCLA. Mm-hmm. He had a very interesting take because we haven't even talked about Cincinnati getting left out of this whole thing. But I kind of agree with Jim Moore. I just don't agree with it the way that he just completely shat <laughs> all over Cincinnati. I don't think Cincinnati's going to go through you know, college football playoff in a top four and win it. But mm-hmm. Jim Moore basically said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, that he's stood on the sideline of teams like Cincinnati and he's stood on the sidelines of teams like Alabama. And he says they're just not the same type of athlete. Like uh-huh. he literally said that. And I don't think that's fair. I think you should eventually give one of the teams like Cincinnati a ch- chance. But see, I don't even think. I don't think this Cincinnati team deserved it more than like let's say the UCF team from a couple of years ago.
1: Nope. Great.
0: Um, uh, I just didn't go to the depths of what Jim Moore said. Now throughout the day, Jim Moore kept saying that they got it right, they got it right, but he kept saying it more as like, Yeah, Notre Dame, AM, didn't really matter, you couldn't go wrong here. Uh which I mean I guess that's where a lot of people took it, unlike me. Do you I mean do you would you, you agree with that?
1: I don't necessarily agree with like you couldn't go wrong here because I think Notre Dame's had its chance and it has shat the bed many, many occasions. Every time it gets to a big big game in the last 10 years, they shit the bed, whether it's regular season or not. And hasn't. So I'm on the argument that give the guy who has the better record, who has the better schedule, who for all intents and purposes, has had you build its program to where it was. Hasn't been handed it to and on a golden helmet um, to actually play. Like, let us play. And you've already, you know, made another point about the late season loss. Jim Moore's point, though, about it's different. I haven't stood on those sidelines, but when you look at rec- recruiting year in and year out, how can you disagree with it, man? You're right. These are Cinderella teams. They they, they are out there. Yeah. Your Boise States, your UCF, they are great teams. I mean, you're, you're row the boat up in Wyoming, right?
0: Western Michigan.
1: Western Michigan. Thank you. Which is
0: now at Minnesota.
1: Right. Those are great teams, but is it more coaching of decent athletes with miles and miles of heart, which can win you games or a season, but they do not create dynasties?
0: Yeah. And it's funny Booger McFarlane even made a really great um, comparison to March Madness and those Cinderella teams, yep. which is a great point that can happen, but it's, I think it's different in football. I think it's quite a bit different. And I, like I said, I didn't see Cincinnati getting that four spot and then beating Alabama and then beating um, Clemson or Ohio state, but you know, eventually one of those teams is going to deserve a chance. Sure. So before I get to the pro guys, actually, I, w- I want to go to the pro guys because the last guy that I'm going to talk about just got me. I almost swerved off the road. Dan Orlowski, we've talked about him before. I don't always agree with him. I agreed with him this time. It was like the pro guys were completely opposite from the college guys. They were saying, no, they got it wrong. a and should have been in. They gave many of the same reasons that I did. So it was just kind of funny to see the pro and college commentators and the differences the dude i want to talk about is your buddy mac brown yep we're gonna be playing him oh and see that's another thing i don't think you prove anything by beating north carolina
1: i just said that we don't we don't prove anything especially with what one of their their top wide receiver and one of their other top players opting out of the game nope like you're absolutely favored we 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 have more to lose, and we have to
0: win. I wanted that Oklahoma matchup Oklahoma's hot right now, one of the better teams in the country now that they've got things going. I wanted that matchup so bad, and I can't uh, believe that didn't happen.
1: I wanted it to, but I was so scared <laughs> I
0: but still the it's on the opposite end of what you said there is so much more to gain. yeah no I agree you. you beat Oklahoma. people are like, well, told you. Mm-hmm. You lose to Oklahoma. Well, they're the hot team right now. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's almost like a win win, even though it's a lose win. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. But I, I don't think we have anything that game but loss. Unless it is, oh, yeah, we won an Orange Bowl. Oh, who'd you play? Oh, yeah, that one UNC team that was decent for two years.
0: Yeah. So your buddy, Mac Brown,
1: he said
0: that they should expand to six teams. Mm hmm which Jim Moore said no because he actually likes the drama and the debating. I don't think AM fans want to hear that right now, but he he has a point there.
1: It's so surprising Jim Moore is not a master debater, so it's really surprising. Mm. Um, Mac Brown says that the there needs to be a path for the other five conferences. Um, when you say the other five, do you mean the G5 specifically, or do you mean the other five, meaning the top two G5 and the other three Power Five?
0: G6 Jet? I don't know. I, I'm i going with the Power you, Five versus the Group of Five. Okay. All right. Group of Five, you know, Conference USA, Mountain West, Mac, things like that. Hey. He says there needs to be a direct path for them to a national championship. He said they should even have their own national championship that they would be proud of it and that they should even have their own Heisman Trophy type
1: deal. No, disagree there. You're asking my take on this, I'm assuming. So I agree with the G5 champion completely. Um, I think the G5 should have its own championship, its own playoff. I think the power five, when to Jim Moore's point, there is a difference in those, hmm, I don't want to keep using the word prowess because I've overused it already, but the level of talent and the level of experience on those teams, and I don't think it's fair to your Cincy's, your UCF's, your Memphis's um, to keep running into the same problem. So you've got two options here. Either make two series of bowl game championships, right? or you exp- you expand the playoff. If you would expand it to 8 teams, Cincinnati'd be in. If you expand it to 6 teams, Cincinnati probably in.
0: Um I like expanding a lot more than I do this making up this totally other
1: yeah, I agree. I thought that
0: was like no. There that's
1: like not even a possible solution that I I think like, it's totally so but no, but that's the you, problem. You, you said it right there. Nobody's thought of it because everybody keeps thinking the same thing until people start thinking outside. So of we're the just going to have another league. You already do. In what way? The FBS is its own entire league. Right. But these are teams like Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati. Yeah, no, I get you. But there's enough teams. There's 132, 133 teams, I think, in Division One football. Why can't you have two leagues?
0: You don't need two leagues. I think you you do a better job scheduling the tougher teams during the preseason. Mm-hmm. You get one key win, set you up for the rest of the, you know, sure. clear your conference out. Sure. And I so think you... expanding to six is a lot better than this whole, let's have another championship.
1: I, I agree with you that that's the right immediate decision, but I do like the way that Mac Brown was going because the, here's the problem. When you're consistently good like a Boise State was or a UCF, the big guys don't want to play you anymore. They don't want to pay you millions of dollars to come to their stadium and play them because guess what? They have nothing to win and everything to lose now. So it doesn't make sense for in my position as a power 5 AD of a top tier or you know top two tier program to schedule a Cincy. Like, what does that do for me when I know that my conference schedule is going to be just enough to get me in if I went out? It adds nothing to the pot. Unless Chicken you're an shit. independent. Huh? Chicken shit. No, it's a valid point. I mean, like, debate me on this. I, I don't, I think I've got a pretty rock well, if, solid point here. No, because then if you're not going to beat those teams, then you know what? You're not going to play them. Why would you? Chicken shit's. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm I'm thinking about this strategically. I don't want to put possible losses on out of conference games unless that risk has enough of a reward behind it.
0: So then you're gonna end up playing that team in a bowl game and you lose your bowl game.
1: Yeah, well then I mean every nobody remembers bowl game winners.
0: UCF beat Auburn the year that they were undefeated. Okay. All themselves national champions. Cool. Boise State beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We all remember Statue of Liberty play. Yep. You shut your face, people remember. Few and far between, man. You're gonna remember when Cincinnati beats. Uh, Who are they playing? Yeah, I don't know. Good question. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know why? Because Cincinnati immediately became irrelevant as soon as they did not get a place in College Football Final. Same thing with a And man. Where it became our season became irrelevant at this point.
0: That's we're gonna weird.
1: we're gonna we're gonna win an Orange Bowl, which is great. It's a great sound off. It's a huge milestone in program history, right? And then we'll be watching that 230 CBS game next year. We'll like, oh, yeah, this is the same team that, you know, minus Kellen Mond that, uh, you know, won the Orange Bowl last year. Who'd they play?
0: North oh, yeah, Carolina. they play.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're going to have the notes and have to look because nobody's going to remember. Oof. Just shitting all over the Orange Bowl, man. I would have taken an Orange Bowl this year. I don't know about you, but I would have taken it. Dude, I'm happy about an Orange Bowl. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like I said, milestone of the program history. But, man. All right. Well, uh, I want to talk you want to go
0: no go for it because we just got to we'll give our picks in a little bit go for it
1: I want to go talk about two things Dabo Sweeney shitting all over OSU in uh-huh. the drama there right? because it's going to make this game that much more interesting and then Ryan Day coming back I think it was today per SI.com we're going to fucking beat their ass good for him Good for him. Uh, but who who do you respect more in this situation? Ryan Day. Why? Dabo doesn't want to play Ohio State again. I would. Why? Because I'm pretty confident. They of, course Dabo no wa- of course
0: Dabo wants to play Notre Dame. Dabo, what, after the game, of course Notre Dame needs to be in the playoff? Absolutely. I would want Notre
1: Dame over Ohio State, too. At this moment. And everybody says it's hard to beat a team twice. So Brian Kelly said, too. Yeah, well, Brian Kelly wants to be in the playoffs, too. So, he
0: also said, of course, Notre Dame's going to, you know. I I give respect to
1: Ryan Day here. So, Uh, which comment is going to add age-like sour milk?
0: Ryan Day has nothing to lose in this, you know. He's done everything. He's already won. His team sees him saying this, and they're like, fuck, yeah, that's our coach. All right. Dabo, I mean, Dabo's they're going to be number two anyway. They win, they win. It was expected. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's a treat for everyone to see again, even though Justin Fields eh, kind of iffy lately. But all right, we'll, we'll we don't want to spend the whole show, even though we could. I mean, I feel like Simple. Ryan
1: Day was handed a program without earning it, but yeah, sure. Okay, let's go. Uh, on. Ooh, dirty. Uh, that was Tom no, Irvin's program to take, but no respect. First, he shat on
0: the Orange Bowl, now you're shatting on Ryan Day. I don't think he's a good coach. Yeah. Uh, Next, well, if, he
1: beats, if he beats Clemson, he's here. To go. I, you know what? <laughs> then we'll talk about that if it, when it happens. If it happens, give me your picks. Real simple. Uh. Okay, I have Bama over Notre Dame, Clemson over OSU. I have Bama and Clemson and Bama wins it all. We agree. I don't want to I don't I don't want to say that. The
0: second the matchups were made, Alabama was a 17.5 favorite. So uh
1: yeah, I'll take that. Move it on. Rolling, rolling, rolling. All right, let's roll into the nose of your What are you drinking? Jim, Jim Beam, yes.
0: Evan Williams.
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Okay, so if it's bar- not
1: Bottled and bond and don't come come at me.
0: Okay, well, like bottled and bond, you definitely get the peanuts. Kind of a candy corn. That's because I don't think I've eaten a piece of candy corn in about 10 years. But yeah, candy corn, peanuts. You know, let's face it. This is not going to be expensive. Bourbon, a little bit of ethanol. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Candy corn's really sticking out. And ethanol.
1: All right. Sounds like a hitter. What are you getting on that big old schnoz of yours there, Dick? Yudge, yudge schnoz. Um, So it's kind of hard. Like, I get a little bit of a different vibe than the single barrel. Nose wise, you get chocolate, bananas. You get like a faint sweetness of like the cherries and, you know, like, cinnamon situation i do get the charred oak here and i think i get a light, little bit of that like charcoal filtered i don't it's like almost like a it's not charcoaly, but it's it's almost faintly lighter fluid but that may just be the proof coming through
0: lighter fluid that's exactly what i want to hear on my review
1: i mean it's not it's not offensive it's not like that sweetness lighter fluid it's more like a like uh
0: fighting words in the whiskey world
1: like a lighter fluid and like after it's being burned like i don't know if you've ever taken like charcoal has a smell charcoal when you put lighter fluid on burn it that charcoal gets a different smell and i think that's kind of I've been here. to a couple of barbecues where you could taste that on the food too oh man i've done that drunk a couple of times nice so, yeah camping trips don't ask me to make burgers when i'm drunk Is that that's what you got on the nose lighter fluid no, it's, it's really faint. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm searching and I want to kind of like nail it down. as like the proofiness. Um, but for the most part, it's chocolate bananas, oakiness, charred oak. The proof does not hit you. And I read this a couple or I saw this on a couple of reviews. You don't smell the proof in the nose. Just not there. Hit me with the proof again. 133.1. Ooh, that's a hot toddy. It's not, um, though. Like on the palate, we'll get there, but. All right. And if you're listening to this, I don't want you to run away from this saying like I would give the nose like a solid B. Solid hey.
0: B. Hey, it reminds you of what it reminds you of. That's what we've talked about before. We're never going to be those snobs. You if you smell something completely off like, you know, uncooked collard greens, you you that's what you smell.
1: I didn't smell uncooked collard greens, I tasted them. Whatever. Um and that was not this bottle. That's good. Um
0: NFL news. Lots to get into in the pros, starting with the news that I saw this morning. Turns out, your boy Jalen Hurts can play. And that's a big problem over in Philly, which, I mean, what did you think was going to happen when you drafted Jalen Hurts? you asking me? No, I'm asking oh. the Philadelphia Eagles who are listening right now.
1: Who are listening and taking every note that we say super seriously. Um, but what
0: did you think was going to
1: happen? I don't know if they thought What they were, were you gonna... hoping for. I don't know if you think you're going to like a Taysom Hill situation where he's going to run a little slot for you, you know, kind of wildcat it up, maybe develop into a solid backup quarterback down the road. Waste
0: a second round draft pick for that.
1: I don't, but my, the flip side is that's not... I'm thinking, well, I'm trying to imagine what they were thinking. That was not my perspective. Like, it's, we're going to take a second round because we like the Wildcat, you know. But they don't. I mean, that's the thing. You know um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if they're trying to breed like a good backup quarterback and just take a risk. But on the flip side, like for Dick's perspective is I had this conversation in depth with c We had a bet on it. I don't and hear he shit
0: until he cops on this show. He will. He will.
1: We, we no. talked about it. <laughs> but I told him Glass-Ass Wins was going to do one of two things. It was either going to get benched for poor play or get hurt in the first six weeks. Took him longer to that to get hurt, but then the benching has stayed, man. Like, Jalen Hurts is no joke. I I don't no, know why he doesn't get I the respect. I love Jalen Hurts. I do, too. I, I, I've I always respected him. He has done everything right. And where exactly is he from again? He's down. Hold down. H town suburbs, but yeah, H town, H town suburbs. Um, ooh, it was a nice little Glenn ding there, old
0: yes, Crystal. Jalen Hurts has done everything right. The rooting for Tua, the playing another year at Alabama, you know, saving the day in the SEC championship game, going to Oklahoma, doing the things he did there. He's just done everything right, and it's you can't root against the guy.
1: You can't now. Are there people with stronger arm? Yes. Are there people with better legs? Yes. Are there people that are more accurate? Yes. But there's very few of there's very few quarterbacks out there who are better at, than him at all of those, or it's even that, two of those. It's
0: that dumb cliche that it factor. If I'm
1: ever going to use it, he heart. has it. He has heart he
0: too. Has it?
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like he's got a lot of the same mechanics as a baker mayfield but like on an elevated level like he's more naturally athletic and but he's got more playmaking ability more like a mahomes i'm not saying he's gonna do a brat behind the back passes but he's i would feel very comfortable building a franchise around a young quarterback in jalen hurts he needs to hold on the ball a little better sure but don't they all right i mean that's a young quarterback problem
0: but I think the bigger thing that's come out of this, mm-hmm. okay, Wince is rich. He's a very expensive backup right now. Oh, yeah. Train. I'm not going to chime in to where I think he's going to go next year because that's a whole other conversation. But I think it says a lot about the guy that he your team's in the middle of a playoff chase. You don't even have to be Mr. I'm going to root for Jalen. I'm supporting him. You can just be Mister. I'm gonna shut up. When the season's over, I'll uh, start. No, sh- sh- shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. That's what you want to do. You're gonna you're gonna start taking those offers. You're gonna end up somewhere. But no, instead you come out and do this. I don't want to be a backup. As your team's playing for a playoff spot, you're Ego. bringing drama into the locker room, which I've never been in an NFL locker room. Okay, I've been in a professional beer pong. League of America locker room, that's about as far as I've gotten. But I mean, dude, you're 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 proving what everyone is saying. They yeah. said that
1: you're not a leader, so what do you do? You do something that a leaders wouldn't do. Selfish. Does yep. he have a gripe? I mean, yeah, he has a gripe, but I mean you made the point. The intangible the intangibles are what you want in a leader, right? You don't want an Eddie Martel. You want a Shane Falco. You want the guy who's going to put the team on his back, you know, get his car flipped over in the parking lot and still be chill, calm, under control, and let his guards protect him. Like you want your team to come around you, not put yourself in front of the team. It doesn't matter if you've ever been in a pro locker room. All locker rooms, at least in football, are the same. It is a group of typically guys shout out to Vanderbilt um, is a group of guys who just want to be together and they don't want anybody put them, putting themselves in front of the team. And that's not just football. That's all sports. So does he have a gripe? Yeah. Should he shut the fuck up and be a big boy? Yes. Do, do what Jalen did for Tua. Nice. Take your you lead know,
0: from the kid. And it was, I'm going to mess this up. It was either Rex Ryan who I'm starting, starting to grow on me and then Orion Clark, one of them, and maybe it was neither of them said Carson Wentz has a chance to sit here and watch Jalen hurts and learn from him. That's just what you're getting in a Jalen hurts. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty shitty. Uh, I thought it was a bad time to do this. I mean, if the dude's playing, he's going to get you in the playoffs, let him do his thing. Worry about your business in the off season. Yeah. You want to be a starter. Somebody will give you a, ch- a chance. I don't know. I don't see him struggling as much as like let's say Mitch Trubisky will over this the offseason to get a starting gig. That'll be interesting too. Uh lastly, the Steelers. Two big games. Oh shit. No, not lastly. We haven't even talked about the other big thing. Because that's how irrelevant the Jets usually are. <laughs> there was some hilarious reactions. To the Jets winning a game.
1: No, don't do it.
0: <laughs> like, holy crap. That I, was the most,
1: like, people just flat out lose. Just lose. Yeah, like, because every Jets fan is like, dude, we nobody's going to remember this season ever. <laughs> they
0: will. They're going to remember it, especially during draft night next
1: year. Oh, yeah, when they lost the Trevor Lawrence lottery, yeah. Um, I, I want to... <sighs> I completely agree with you. Hilarity. Nobody roots for their team to lose unless you're the fucking Jets. Greeny.
0: Greeny on ESPN. True Jets fan. Hilarious reaction. I mean, text messages. Like I said, ESPN radio, that was going on at the same time as the college football playoff talk. You know, diehard fans texting. Somebody texted like, this is going to – this is just ruin the next 15 years. Possibly. Like, well – you're telling a team, professional athletes, c- competitive,
1: you know, bust their ass. To throw the games. Yeah. Dude. Dude. What? ESPN right now. Dwayne Haskins is apologizing for maskless pictures with strippers. Oh. <laughs> that's breaking news. <laughs> no, that's actually been going on all day. Oh, I did not see that yet. What a moron. Hey, what's where'd Dwayne Haskins go to school? The Ohio State. I feel like <laughs> I feel like the strip
0: club in professional
1: sports is making a comeback. I feel like, yeah. Like, everybody thinks it's Hotlanta in 2007. The
0: whole bubble incident and now Dwayne Haskins. Like, talk about another quarterback who's just... This interrupted our Trevor Lawrence conversation, but it needed to. Talk about a guy who, like, given the keys, keys are taken away. Given the keys again...
1: How many cars can he total? That's what his parents want to know right now.
0: Like, you know what? My own coach doesn't want me to be the starting quarterback, but I am. I'm going to go to a strip club.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a thing to do. I'm going to spend some dollar bills. It's almost like he's actively trying to see how far he can push it.
0: No, nah, I think he's still just young
1: and was like, I want to party. Sure. I mean, do, do that at your own house. Hire a private dancer. Oh, okay. Well,
0: I don't know how their uh, COVID regulations are going for private dancers at the home right now, but that's a whole other conversation. I don't think, I don't think anyway, COVID regulations. I'm, I'm glad you saw that while we're doing our episode. Perfect time to work that in. Uh, at least he apologized, you know? Yeah, sure. Because, okay. Probably the wings. I bet you the wings there were phenomenal.
1: That, that or the prime rib was just. Just maybe case.
0: maybe they named a wing after him, like the other guy at, in the bubble. It's called the backup. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, anyway. Back to I'm Trevor not Long. sorry,
1: Drew because I'm not going to do a fake apology like you did. Okay. Um, Wait, well, I have to ask a question though. I want to go back to Trevor. Shoot. Okay. So you are T Law. You are T Law. You're watching this drama unfold. I mean, you, you're worrying about a national championship right now. I really do think that he's committed. Um, but When you're sitting there watching ESPN, and they're talking about you, and they're talking about you've got two teams right now that are vying for your draft pick. You've got Jets Mm -hmm. and Jags. Mm -hmm. What team do you want to go to and why?
0: Well, dude, where are his golden locks going to look better? Freezing his ass off in New York or in the beautiful Palm Beaches of Jacksonville?
1: I have an opinion, but I want to hear what yours is. Okay. given the beautiful golden locks aside. I Sunshine.
0: want to end up in Jacksonville because I feel like the Jets are the Knicks version. They both kind of get overseen by the same God who does cruel jokes and is damned for life with obscurity and things like that. Here's the thing. I think he would want to go to Jacksonville. Because New York's going to have the media hype. It's going to have, you know, they're ruthless. They're brutal. Yep. Uh, there's the weather. Isn't he a Georgia kid? Sounds right. I think he's a Georgia kid. So Florida, you know, right there. A lot of a lot of intangibles that are probably going to make him lean towards Jacksonville. Um, but if you're telling him to. So are you asking are you just plain asking which one is the better place for him or are you asking like what would what like if you were
1: in his situation what would you want to do? I mean, I think you asking, one of the same question but no I'm really if you're in a situation who are you hoping loses more games?
0: Well, yeah, I, I think there's things that are pointing him towards Jacksonville. Now, the other thing that I've seen like would you pull a John Elway and Eli Manning and just tell the Jets like I'm not going to play for you? possible i don't think so because like i said those are the only two instances i can think of where that's happened the rest of the time but it
1: worked both times, right they both they, won super bowls
0: you know other than that guys are so excited they play for the shitty teams Peyton manning went to indianapolis you know uh, I played in a dome though burrow goes to cincinnati you know if anybody wanted to sprint, tour all anybody, of his knee right afterwards that's that i think he's i think at the end of the day. Trevor Lawrence is going to go play in the NFL for whoever drafts him. He's going to be really freaking happy. Um, And yeah, I'd rather have the option of do I play for the Jaguars or the Jets as compared to do I use WD-40 or KY to fix this creaky door?
1: Cool. Cool analogy. I'm still digesting that one. I would say Jags as well simply because I think they have – if I'm looking at it, hey, where do I have a chance to win? Um, I think with the weapons and the operations and the coaching staff that you have in the Jacksonville, you have a better chance. Look at James Robinson. He was a great pickup, came in undrafted. But I I think he's a long-term back, long-term solution for that organization. And I think overall they're probably just better coached. They are just not – Gardner Minshew is not the guy. But I think the offense – that they built or trying to build around Garner Minshew is probably better suited for Lawrence's skill set than the offense they're trying to build around Sam Darnold. So, and then you got the whole Sam Darnold drama because that's going to turn into drama too. uh I, yeah, I don't think there's not. I don't think there's
0: much drama. I think if the Jags get the first pick, they'll take Trevor Lawrence and Sam Darnold's going to be just fine. I don't think you take Justin Fields number two right now. Uh, I think you build around Sam Donald. If anything, he has some job security with that one win. I, I think there's It did look of, good. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I didn't watch it. Like I said, I was on the I watched, road. I watched the
1: end of it. It was. It was I,
0: I watched the Texans lose miserably. Uh, I listened to the Texans lose miserably to the Colts again. I listened to the CFP talk, and I sure as heck was not listening to the Jets versus the uh, Rams, which we thought was Probably still the biggest upset. Steelers go and say, hold my beer. We're going to lose to the Bengals. Not to spend too much time on it, because we've got to get going on whiskey talk. Are the Steelers a threat? Or are they just going to limp into the playoffs and be a
1: one and done? I don't know. I feel like the Steelers are the Steelers. I mean, Tomlin is Tomlin. I'm just speaking in absolutes now. But... I think they're going to surprise you. I think they're probably going to rough it in to the end of the year, but, I mean, they're going to show up in the playoffs. Big Ben does. I'm not going to to like it, but.
0: I don't think so. I think that they just don't have the offense to compete and kind of
1: outscore
0: another playoff team, and I don't think their defense is good enough to stop those teams from scoring, if that makes sense. But, all right, let's talk into a little bit of whiskey. Now, we wanted to do something. This is our third dram i'm going to set it up and then i'm going to get dick on what's his palette for his class because i'm very interested to hear that but so we have a thing for our last episode of the year we're going to give you our favorite of the year our worst of the year kind of deal but we want to kind of give you the other things that surprise us throughout the year and in this episode we're going to talk about some of the favorites and some of the surprises that we had uh in 2020 and just whiskey wise because if we were talking about surprises in 2020 Woo. Um, but before that, what do you get on that palate with that fancy-schmancy bottle and that Jack Daniels rye?
1: So when you drink it, first sip, the proof does hit you right on the front of the tongue. Once you get past it, though, and I don't mean it's bad proof. It's not like, oh, my God, I can't bear it. It's, it's a nice bourbon burn. Don't anybody say the Jack Daniels is not a bourbon. I don't care what they say. They're a bourbon. But taste-wise, like banana oak, that does carry over from the nose. But then, like, dude, straight into Baker's chocolate. Straight into Baker's chocolate. Baker's chocolate. Like, just like a hard slide in a second. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard, hard slide, man. Um, when you really start to let it sit, the Baker's chocolate starts to kind of release a little bit more. And then you do pick up, like, the oak with it. You get, like, the barrel spice notes throughout. I mean, you just start to keep sipping it. Um, and there is, and I called this out, I think, with a single barrel, like, the nuttiness, like, the peanuts are here as well. It's just not nearly as aggressive. Yeah. What about you, man? What about that old, uh, I think it's Jim Beam? Jim Fucking Williams. Okay,
0: my bad. My bad. So, yeah, it's Evan Williams bottled and bond with a lot more watered down. It's peanuts. I'm hosted, I'm kind of offended. Peanuts. I'm Extremely offended watered
1: that. down. I know, but like I really like Evan Williams bottled and bond.
0: But why? So I. I would take that over this. I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying the same tasting notes are there, which is not surprising because it's both Evan Williams. I'm sorry, I was highly offended by the second time you called it Jim Beam.
1: <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Ah. All right. So we, we got those kind of nailed down. I mean I'm given like by nose palette scores. I give the palette an A minus on this. A minus.
0: Mm-hmm. It's pretty damn good. I mean I'll give it this a uh, B. Really? Oh, B on the palette.
1: Did, you, did we hit the nose? What was the nose on that?
0: On the Evan Williams?
1: Yeah. Oh, C. C for sure. What about the Jim Beam? <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So going into the whiskeys that surprised us this year. So these are our favorites that we had of 2020. Um, The ones that kind of stuck out to us before we give our favorite of the year in our last episode of 2020. And I'm going to start it off with one that was a kind of a surprise. I was striking out on some big time bottles and it was definitely that Remus Special Reserve Batch 3. Which the Bourbon Junkies had on their Advent calendar and had a very similar reaction. Sweetness. Very sweet. And that's why I loved it. It was a Cherry Cola Bomb, it was so good. It was $89, which you know you really got to like it for that price. But I loved it, I would grab another if there wasn't so many others that I wanted to try. But that was the first, like, yeah, I saw it at the store and I was like, yeah, I'll grab it. And I was so glad I did. That was definitely one of my highlights of the year.
1: All right, so in honor of you bringing up that Remus. Uh, batch three I did not see that one but I went on a river trip and I wanted to pick up something kind of interesting new take a chance I actually picked up George Remus which is not the same bottle but it is named after the same person um, another MGP juice and I think that one came in right around like 109 proof or so I think it came in at 62 63 dollars um, I would say that was a pleasant surprise and it it helped make the weekend. So thank you for that uh, Remus recommendation, although uh, just a different different Remus.
0: Yeah. Another surprise this year, it was the year of the cheap bottle for me. Uh, a lot of good budget buys that I grabbed this year. Evan Williams, bottom and Bond, which I'm sure you'll talk about in a little bit. Early times. Hey, you made the list, all right broken saddle i mean it was the year of trying bottles you know we did i think i did like a month long segment with one of my whiskey clubs where it was you had to buy bottles around 30 or less and there was some real home runs i'm really glad i did that this year um early times is one that you're kind of seeing in certain states it's really hard to find and i can see why um it's 20, what, 22 bucks or something was a big surprise for me this year. I I know I'm changing up, not necessarily favorites, but I, I had to talk about that team, that this was the year of the cheap bottle for me, which is good for, you know, rookie listeners that are just getting into it. Grab that earlier times, grab that broken saddle, which we had a conversation. We have not seen that outside of a spec store, but I'll let you chime in a little bit more on that.
1: Yeah. You brought up broken saddle. Um, and i think you had that one i had broken fence which from all the digging we've been able to do line up from to the same family they are both products of the windship company distillery in bardstown kentucky when you dig into that and you try to understand who owns windship company it's actually res- it's actually registered as a buffalo trace company um, we've really been doing some research on this there's not a whole lot out there um, there's rumors that it is, you know, that is a, it's a sour mash bill that it's one of the mash bills within the Buffalo Trace lineup. Hey, could it be Blanton's in a different bottle or a version of? We don't know. Um, a lot of speculation out there, but I think both of us would say it was a surprise this year. If you're in Texas, specs, I say if you see broken vents, it's a, it's a single barrel for twenty six bucks. Buy it. Yeah.
0: And then there's two more that I'll finish up on my list, and I think you definitely have one of them. These are more of not surprises. These are my favorites. 1920. 1920 was a home run. Old Forester, Sweet, heat, overall package, everything I like. Uh, candy. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Cherries. raspberries. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that one uh it just so happened that another buddy of mine had got it at the same time and he said he loved it. Uh I have not seen somebody not like it. And it's definitely one of those that if you can't find the expensive bottles for 50 bucks, grab 1920. I really enjoyed it. And then I'll have I'll have one more that I'll I'll say, but it's it's you know. No, you know what? I'll say two more. Just cuz keep going cuz I have a list. <laughs> for the hell of it i mean whole that elijah craig beat 520 was delicious yep. really good lived uh lived up to expectations uh, It was very hard giving that to you
1: as a birthday present but uh left year took two dreams out of it appreciate that
0: yeah it was one of those uh where, what's that movie where the uh, uh he hands over the check and she has to pry it. From- he
1: doesn't want to let go. Um, ah, ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, go Goldberg.
0: Yep. That was it. That was me handing you that. What's next for you, Dick?
1: So I think I can't, I would be remiss to not say the two Jack Daniels that I've had recently, the single barrel barrel proof and the single barrel barrel proof rye. Both of those were been, have been very surprising. I'm um, very enlightening. And I would say, very much worth the worth the money. I mean, you're talking about 750 in the 62 to 65 dollars range. I'm so glad you come around to JD. It's just getting the good JDs, and we talked about this in episode 12 that the good JDs are all special editions. I do I'm still not do gonna... not like old number seven.
0: Yeah, well, you suck. Um, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm getting. I've seen a couple posts lately, and this one was frowned upon, but you know talk about just sticking to who you need to be i should have bought it a long time ago that frank sinatra bottle is flying around a little bit on some media posts or you'll and, see
1: me buying it if i see it
0: and i i'm that may be my holiday bottle because i did have Can you it find when it? it first came out i've seen it at a couple specs uh behind the shelves um I I had it when it first came out 2017 ish at a restaurant in Corpus Christi. It was $30 for the glass and it was absolutely worth it. It was so freaking good. It was a vanilla vanilla cream bomb from what I remember. Um, And it's just one of those that, you know, you got to have it. You got to have it because of the case, because of the story, because of the Frank Sinatra. I mean, I may make that my holiday pickup, but, uh, i'll give you my last favorite of the year well do you want me very, to go first very recent if you'd like go for it
1: so i think i've got a couple here that i want to hit before you hit your last one okay then um i want to give you the opportunity because you took 1920 out from underneath me i think we can't not talk about 1915 because it's part of that kind of blended rat right, blind that was a, no. a surprise for both of us um I would also like to just call out the High West Double Rye store pick. That was a finished um, whiskey. I thought that was excellent. Um, and then I've got one more. It's not my favorite, but I've got one more that I want to call out. But I'll either go before or after you. What do you want me to do?
0: Let me go first. Okay. Real recent. In fact, last couple of weeks. Glad I'm exploring the rye world again. Blue corn. Not. Oh, my blue. bad, my bad. It was not Jim Beam. It was the Rare Breed Rye, man. That was good. That bottle's down to the last two pours. And uh, for $60, Whiskey Advocate did not disappoint me again. Um, It adds to the list of bottles that I've had on their list, including Jack Daniels Heritage, including Elijah Crick Barrel Proof. Good stuff.
1: I think it's a solid well, pick, f- and it's definitely on my list to pick up too. Um, my last one is the 1792 Full Proof store pick. When we lined <laughs> that up, that, that was, was right behind Old Forester 150. And I think when you're talking about dollar, you know, for your money, able to find it, the store pick's a little hard to find, but you can find 1792 Full Proof, and dude, you can't go wrong <sighs> with that.
0: It was delicious. It was a shocker. That was still the big that. That blind was the biggest surprise of you know. We had two. Yeah. We have a very short lived life on this podcast, but we've had two blinds. The first one was not a surprise. If we remember we, we had three. Uh yes, we did. Yes, we did. The first one I kicked Dick's ass on the first blind, nailed it. Perfect. Great.
1: Uh oh, really? The That's up-
0: how you remember it? Yeah, from what I remember, I mean, it was six glasses, so there's not too much to remember. Uh, but yeah, no, I can't disagree with you on that 1792. Well, definitely some favorites this year. And the cool thing about most of those is you can walk into your store and grab those. The barrel proof Elijah Craig's going to be tough, uh, but everything else, I mean, go give them a try. If you're building that whiskey cabinet, go give them a try.
1: All right, so I think that was a nice little summation of our 2020 surprises and highlights to this shit show of a year. Let's go ahead and walk into the fourth dram.
0: Let's get it over that goal line.
1: All right, so let's go ahead and round it up, and let's give these glasses, these drams, a final rating. Evan Williams. If I'm beginning
0: my whiskey journey, uh, there's there's certain ways I like to make a comparison. There's a whiskey that you take to a football. Party, there's a whiskey you take to a Christmas party, and then there's the bottle that you take to a wedding. This is absolutely a football party whiskey. You're going to take it. People are going to be drinking a lot of beer. And you're going to pull the whiskey out, and some of those people are going to sip on it. Some of those people are most likely going to mix it with something. Evan Williams, it's not a surprise. People are not going to expect this great review. I think Evan Williams is a solid C. Plus. You're talking about a $20 bottle. Once again, I had the beginner in mind. I had the, I always buy Jack Daniels. I always buy uh, Jim Beam. You know, give Evan Williams a try. But then again, you're probably going to get bottled and bond instead. So whatever.
1: Well, I think the bottled and bond would be probably something we take to like a holiday or holiday party or a birthday party, right? Something like that where you actually I, give a shit about the people that drink it. I agree. And then I like I'm the sure. wedding call out because the wedding is almost like uh, you want to impress some people. Like, hey, I've yeah. done things. I know my stuff. Let me show you what I know because I'm probably not going to see you again, but I want you to talk exactly. about me at the next you're wedding.
0: You're going to be drunk. You're not like, going to see these people again, but they're going to be like, dude, you're the guy. Like guy who showed up.
1: Yeah. Like, you want a re- your reputation to precede you.
0: Danced so badass. And then he made a phenomenal whiskey choice.
1: <laughs> exactly. I will
0: marry my daughter. I should invite him to our next wedding. <laughs> right totally that is totally a new uh, we need that segment
1: all right yeah we'll, well i'll tell you what in our next our next uh podcast we'll, we'll build out what that segment looks let's like let's do that i would say that this jack daniels rye single barrel barrel proof That's a mouth teaser dude it's an a-minus man i mean it's it's solid this is a wedding this is a wedding it's a pretty bottle and then really? you're gonna show up and be like oh you brought jack daniels like bitch shut up just try it
0: try no it. but that, that's a good thing i think people are going to relate to that
1: maybe and you're gonna the blow them newbies out the water like relate. yeah you're like, oh it's an old number seven no, no 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 i'm gonna hate that shit
0: first off if you're a newbie i don't think they call jack daniels old number seven i think they just call it jack daniels they call jack
1: and he only goes with jack and coke <laughs> right but they're gonna be like
0: oh dude that's jack daniels fuck yeah bro
1: but see, i'm gonna have to walk around with it because if someone tries to put in coke i'm gonna slap him
0: bah! right <laughs> Yeah, that's going to happen actually. <laughs> totally. But then you're going to have your experts, like you said, they're going to be like, oh, Jack Daniels. They're going to be like, bruh, it's the rye.
1: <laughs> it's a single barrel, barrel proof. And they're like, ooh, what does that mean? And you can price tag ministros. 63, I think. Worth it? Yep. 100. Nice. That's good. You bet a winner tonight there. Hey, I like winners. Uh, All right. So before I give it to Kurt to close us out today, Drammers really want to say thank you for listening. Appreciate your time. I know this has been a journey and we're going to continue to refine ourselves and get a little better. And in the vein of that, please do not hesitate to give us feedback. You can always email us. Hit us in the DMs at fourthdramandgoal at gmail.com. We will respond. We will probably quote whatever critiques or bullshit you have to say. And then, hey, just follow us on the Insta, man, 4 H G R 4TRAM. And then Facebook, we got a little page going on there, probably blow it out to full-blown community one of these days. That's 4 and goal. So, Kurt, we'll kick it back over to you, man. All righty. Yep, we covered NFL, we
0: covered college football. In our next episode, we're definitely going to dive into a little bit in the basketball world, just a little bit. Uh, we're also going to give a little bit more on the opposite end of 2020, more like 2020, we're going to talk about some of the picks this year that were not up to our standards, the ones that we thought
1: kind of fell a little bit short for us. Or a lot of it short in some situations.
0: All right, and I'm going to change it up a little bit this episode. I don't have a quote of the week. I just want you to simply remember your greatest memory of Kevin Green playing linebacker who we lost yesterday. Uh, Of course, we can't forget the hair. I actually remember him for his days for the Carolina Panthers. Hell of a Hall of Fame career. Uh, Shout out to Kevin Green. That's what I'm doing today. To the next snap and the next dram. Drink on, drammers.